0: But what they did was they came out with a little pep in their step, a little energy, and an excitement that comes from only that you can get from new coaches or from after a winning season. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E dub in the house. We're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go no. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go Nose. This is Terrell Fletcher. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No Bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Prime Time Sanders. The great, Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, bro? man? I could, I could wake up to that greeting every day,
1: man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder, Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on SSOD, Florida
0: Player, die, and Go Nose. William Barnum Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up?
1: What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here the Sphere, presented to you by Noel Game Day. I'm here today with Jeremiah Zanders, our recruiting analyst at Noel Game Day. And I'm also here with the James Coleman outside of fifth quarter. How are you guys doing this afternoon? Happy Friday.
0: Happy Friday to you, man.
1: You're a busy man. Happy Friday. Doing good. Doing good. You got a, you got a busy day right now, Coleman.
0: Yeah, busy better than broke.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you, you went Thanks. you went from Monday you went to the practice in the morning at FSU, and then you had to go record that night in Jacksonville. Then you came back Wednesday, and then you went back and recorded in Jacksonville Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, four a.m. is what every day. Out is my Monday through Friday. I start at four a.m. and I end about twelve.
1: Boy, <laughs>
0: I sleep on weekends. I'm gonna be a zombie
1: Are tomorrow. You? Are you on coffee or what's going on? Adderall, what's happening? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, like if you've never seen my Starbucks orders when I go on Twitter, like when I go back home to Tallahassee, because I'm from there, I always tell people it's a little bit different. Like I, they judge me. Like I mm-hmm. go my Starbucks in Jacksonville, they know exactly what I want when I walk in. Nobody judges <laughs> me. I make my drink the way I want it. So yeah. I'll go exactly. and I'll be some days, I, I'll be like, give me 10 shots of espresso. Ooh, over ice. I, and they're like, one person told that me like, so. we can't. We can legally sell that to you. I said, "Well, then give me six shots of espresso in one cup, and then give me four, four shots, <laughs> shots in the other one." And then, like, but you're gonna give, what you're gonna do is give me my coffee the way I want it. I need
1: exactly. It. That's how I survive, man. That's how I survive. Exactly. Well, we can start any, by any means necessary. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Well, we can start getting into a little bit of this. I was only there for the Wednesday practice. That's when I saw you, James. Um, and it was definitely cool. I think it was 36 degrees at the beginning of it. It was very, very chilly, so those wide receivers had some locked-up fingers catching balls. Uh, but uh, it looked, it looked pretty, pretty smooth. It looked a little bit different. I was going to note on Taggart first, giving brows a lot of leeway with being with the offense the entire time, and definitely quarterbacks. I think uh, the second practice, Taggart was more with the defensive side, uh, the defensive backs, um, for the most part, I saw uh, giving uh, Kendall Brawls a lot of um, room and time with Blackman and some of the backups. Uh, and I, what, what, what was your like, just initial thoughts of the first two practices, James?
0: Um, it reminded me a lot of last year, which is good. And I see a lot of people saying, "Say, time. But the main thing you want is you want the excitement and the energy of the first day of practice, first couple days. Uh, if people are down based upon what the last season was, you never – you get, and then what we heard about the locker room, you could, I could have seen those guys come out a little flat. But what they did was they came out with a little pep in their step, a little energy, and an excitement that comes from only with, – with, that you can get from new coaches or from a, after a winning season. Um, I saw exactly. – there was a couple things that I was looking for. And I was looking to see what DK – what his, what, what his role will be, um, what's going to happen over in the DB front, and then how, like you said, how Tag would be interacting with the offense. And I kind of saw Tag there, but it was very much so the Kendall Browse show. And and mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm excited about that because I know that's one of the that's the only thing that's hindered him from working with Kendall Browse in the past. From my understanding, from what I was told, Kendall Browse would would have came to Oregon with him had he not said that he wanted to be involved in the play calling. Kendall has got to a, a situation to where he calls the plays and he runs the offense, and this is way different exactly. than when Walt yeah. Bell was here. So,
1: mm-hmm. it was a different. You got his, You see a little bit of Tiger taking the CEO role at the moment, um, and it seems you know it's kind of like a saving type thing. Exactly,
2: it's, and that's what he needs to do.
1: Yeah, if it, if it works out well, then most definitely. Uh, and I saw Kendall Browles, too, uh, whenever they were running 11-on-11s. Uh, he was not even didn't him, have a sheet out in his hand, uh, just calling off of gestures from his hands and all that kind of stuff. So it's a little bit little bit different, uh, but it seemed to be moving pretty quickly. Of course, it was the first two practices, so you know some of these guys are still learning a bit, a lot of the freshmen, too. Uh, and I, I want to get into a couple of the offensive Uh, things we saw definitely from the wide receiver unit it seemed like blackman and dj were connecting uh, a lot and really good that's probably going to be his favorite target uh, moving forward deep ball wise terry uh he's still the same as he was last year that's going to be their all game long Mm -hmm. yep and even even keith gavin too i know i don't know if you saw it coleman the on wednesday the deep ball to keith gavin in the end zone but it was dropped but uh, Blackman's deep ball is a threat. Right. And that was
0: what I liked about Blackman last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The field. And even with tag, you have to have somebody who's willing to the that, that defense the threat to throw it down the field. And ironically, every time 12, or as we call him, him in the fifth quarter, every time, every time him actually did what he was supposed to do, good shit happened. Like You, con-
2: exactly. you drop that
0: climb the pocket, and then somebody's there deep. So um, black men having a, a, a propensity to be able to look for the big play helps, and then also his, he has the comfortability, comfort level with um, DJ that was there. Like you have, he knows Terry's going to be there deep, and if he's not, he knows that DJ has probably got somebody on skates, mm-hmm. and, he exactly. and he can drop it down. So it's just a, what I will what I'm loving and what I've seen is that there are so many different threats and more people will get the ball um, as opposed to the the last season where it seemed to be, you know, high high targets to Noone. Um And then when that didn't work, you know, preferably he would go to 15. But Terry's bigger and probably a little bit more explosive than he was last year, which is a testament to what Coach O has been doing. And mm-hmm. when I was talking with DK, um, off like when, right before practice really got started, he made a comment about Keith Gavin, which is very true. If Keith Gavin were to ever get confident, he could be he could be major problems for any kind of defense. The problem is, is all it takes is one drop, and he's a mental midget at times.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And, and and we've seen that throughout his career, where he'll make a splash play, like even that game against Michigan, where he where he became kind of famous in a fan base for that kick return. He yeah. came back. A couple of plays before that um, kickoff return, Mm -hmm. I I forgot which quarter it was, but there was a deep ball down the um, left sideline, and he dropped the pass. Like, he was open, he jumped up, and he just dropped the pass, and then we didn't see him much for that game. But every single single season, every single snap he plays, like that game against Wake Forest where he caught that pass on the deep left sideline, he jumped in front of the DB. Caught the pass, gave, gave us that win. Like, if Keith Calvin doesn't catch that football, we don't win that game. We don't even have a shot to go deep to Tate, like Blackman didn't win that game. Mm. But then he'll disappear for like two quarters, or he'll drop a pass like he did against Virginia Tech in the first quarter, and you won't see him the
1: rest of the game.
0: That like, game, it's always there. It'll completely change the
1: game. Exactly. It's mental. A lot of mental
2: stuff. That pass against Virginia Tech, man, it's it's on. It's it's completely different, like James said. Mm. And he has that potential. Like, he has a potential to be like a second, third-round pick in NFL. Still. Like, he can ball out this season to be a third-round pick, second-round pick. He's He's going to run
0: a 4-5.
2: Exactly. He's going to run a 4-5, right.
1: Mm. (laughs) Irritating, isn't it? It is. is. I want to talk a little bit, too, about James Blackman and how he looked uh, He looked smooth. Like I said, I was only at the Wednesday practice. I don't know how he looked Monday, James, but the way he was reading, it's it's such a difference in the practices I was at last year and how DeAndre was reading and progressing. And then you go to James Blackman where he's sitting there. I, and, of course, there's no guys really rushing him. It was really mainly on 7-on-7s. Seven we saw a difference on 11-on-11s when the defense took advantage of it. Um, but we saw him being able to make reads really quickly. It's it's just a big difference. Also with the backups that we saw because they looked out of sorts that entire uh, practice, at least on Wednesday, in my opinion. I mean, James Blackman was making reads, but also finding guys and hit a lot of windows too. Well, let's
0: let's be clear. It was it wasn't best on best. Um. Like, so it, and I was talking with um. You know. One of my teammates um, played DB back when I was there, and we were just going over things. You're, are, we're not, it's not the Florida State of old. And that's the thing, again, what got echoed by the coaching staff when I had some sidebars with them is that what we thought we got last year was, actually, I'll tell you, we got a Wraith with a with a, a 2000 Dodge Charger in. Like, mm. like it looked really pretty. But we didn't like we didn't pop the hood and like really evaluate these recruiting classes and and who was still here. But that's neither here nor there. But our ones are very good. Our twos have to get better. And so when our wide receiver, our two wide receivers are going against our number one DBs. Like, man, they're not going to look they're going to look out of sort because those guys are, are really, really good. And I'd suggest that our number two DBs are not that far behind our ones yet. But they're still up opt- there like Terry on somebody who's just here in the program is is not it, it, it's, it's a it's a it's a disadvantage to that person so of course yeah. to look better the one thing that i i'm noticing is that i like mcdonald and what he brings from an athletic standpoint he's got to get used to not just going up against the, the scout team so like now it's, it's a lot different when the guys are playing with live ammo as well as um Jordan Travis who just looks like he's never Seeing that kind of speed,
2: before. right? Exactly.
0: So that's, I, that's the the big difference. And let's be honest, like you've got a black men who has been a number one. He's been a starter. He has the confidence, and he's. I know everybody wants him to blow up and be two twenty five, but that's not going to be. He's never. We talked. To. Ever yeah, yeah. That. We yeah, talked mean,
1: about that.
0: Like what, what I want people to look at is, if you want to know from being in the training business, you want to know somebody who actually is putting on weight and has the potential to get more. Look at that man's neck. He does not have a skinny man's neck. Like his neck right. is like it's almost non-existent for a skinny. <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> it's a build, uh, man. Yeah, so like it lets me know that he's doing something. It's getting there. He mm-hmm. may be two fifteen by the time he leaves if he comes back uh, for his senior year.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: yeah. I think
0: right. uh, I think that, where, it's, where it's gonna come down to is: Are we gonna be able to have a running game, and will we have a guy that that doesn't mind pulling out? Which, like I said, Frenchie. Frenchy just didn't pull yeah. out, man. That he, was did. Life he, got pull out.
1: he got shook. He got shook a lot. And, and,
2: and a couple of times he did pull out, it was always successful. Like against Boston College when he pulled out, he had
1: multiple good games. He pulled one out guess, against Florida. He decided the last yes, game to do he that. He went out against Florida. And he tried. And, he tried with uh, that. One.
2: In the end zone, I was like, bro, you could have done that all season long. We might have got another
1: that I almost got kicked out of the press
0: box for that one. The, the words that came out of my mouth
2: you uh, have you have the audacity the audacity <laughs> to wait you,
1: but know. you know
2: but like but like a lot of people said blackman has underrated athleticism as well this man isn't I, I'd, I'd even venture as to say in the open field. In his freshman season, he was more of a threat than Francois ever was in the open field as a running quarterback. You can look to the NC State game, especially, right. even though he fumb- even though he fumbled um a key play in that game, you could still see that he had a lot of athletic mobility. He put out a spin move, I believe, against NC State. Like the dude isn't a stick figure back there. He can move now. He can but move.
0: That fumble was also a hell of a play by Chubb by a first round draft pick. Mm. Yeah,
2: that was, exactly. That, that was Chubb job. as well. Good point. Oh
0: man. And him not having any awareness. Like that he was that was his no, that was his first game as a starter, the first week that he took one reps. So I, right. I tell people i played as a true freshman. It's not high school. I I can promise you that. Like mm-hmm. so <laughs> what you did in high school, you learn you learn after a couple games that you can't get away with that. But I think the quote somebody who I hate quoting But it was such a dope quote um, To quote Dan Mullen I don't need a burner I, need a, I don't need a guy who's a great runner I need a guy who's a willing runner And that's all you uh-huh. really need is somebody who you, you don't need 25 yards You need you, really if you get 7 And it's a threat That's what you want And we, look at Herbert in Oregon Herbert's not a burner Herbert's a guy who just If he can get you some yards He can extend plays that's really what you want. You want your quarterback throwing it. To use another quote, right. um, what I heard Curry Smart tell um, you know, the Florida fan base so they the, the commit that they never had that they felt was coming there. Um, <laughs> and he, um
2: he told a little them bit of told a shade
0: quarterback in the SEC doesn't need to run the ball more than five times a game. Mm-hmm. And and three mm-hmm. of those need to be designed runs. And when he told him that, it's like you don't need you don't you don't need your quarterback having 10, 10 carries. That's not conducive. That's why you have labor, and that's why you have Cam Akers mm-hmm. and Grant. Let them let the running backs like Billy Sexton used to tell his son Wyatt in practice. That's not we don't pay you to do that. That's not what we want. We want let my running backs let my mm-hmm. running backs do what they're supposed to do. And those are guys. Those are some guys that I like too in, in the early on practices and shorts. I wanted to see what Labor looked like when he mm-hmm. was running. He looks pretty good. I I heard that there was a limp. I didn't see any other. Limp, I didn't see it either. I also, now I also noticed that the boy is jacked. I don't know.
1: <laughs> They're doing something <laughs> over there.
0: Yeah, he looked good. And yeah. then also noticed that Cam, Cam looked more like what I saw his freshman year. Like so, hopefully he lets the game come mm-hmm. to him and he doesn't try to, you know, do stuff that's too crazy and we don't we end up not having a run game. But did anybody exactly. else notice that rent that Clement sounds like he's batshit crazy.
2: A, l- a little he bit. Looks I went, tra- that shit crazy. I went straight looks over to and him. He sounds like he looks. I went straight yeah, over said, to no, see him. I
0: was like, wow. I, I didn't know what his voice was going to sound like, but <laughs> I, I imagined it was going to sound just like that. Uh-huh. Um, I went straight
1: is- over there to see him. I just wanted to see how his coaching uh, was yeah, and yeah, his based vocal. Based
2: off what I've seen, I love his style. His style was very direct, very approachable, very teachable, and he gets... And he's very quick. Like you do one rep, and then he immediately <laughs> wants you to do another rep. You're right, doing all right he Immediately wants you to do another rep. It's mm-hmm. boom, 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 boom. He was.
0: They were doing. They were doing some reps on the board drill on Wednesday's practice that I got some film of, and it was five reps. It was five, uh, five uh, reps in a set. So you go drive, lock, jog back immediately. Which um, I like doing drills that are going to be reminiscent of what you want to do. On the field, so uh, with the hurry up, you need to be able to do it perfectly, and you need to be able to get set, and that's something else that I noticed. Monday's practice a lot of flags
1: mm-hmm. for
0: um, you know, not um, not lining up properly, no fall starts, which was amazing, um, <laughs> but not <laughs> properly illegal formation, illegal shifts. Um, Wednesday's practice a lot less of that, and
1: mm-hmm. we have
0: to be above reproach. But one thing that most fans, most fans don't really follow football. I've learned that. And they don't follow the university like they do, and they think that all of this stuff is a one-off. And if you go back and you look at most teams that run spread or a hurry-up concept, one thing they all have issues with is illegal formation, illegal shift.
1: So you
0: need to clean that up, especially if you're going to mix in false stars.
1: And
2: that is uh, um, an Achilles heel of that browse offense. Even Even when it was Art at Baylor, they had a lot of flags. They average about seven, eight, nine flags a game. And it was mainly those procedural penalties. I was covering up the offensive line. If you're a wide receiver or tight end, lining up offline scrimmage, false starting, things like that, that we had a lot of issues with last year. Maybe but they were Bale-
1: yeah.
2: 50, 60 points every game. So they didn't really mind those penalties. They they won't mind the penalties if you're putting up 40 points a game,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which is an overall, one of the offensive. time.
1: Offensive line-wise, I saw Clements being focused a lot on Dante Lucas, too. And I know I was texting you a little bit about it, Jeremiah, during the practice. And, you know, you kind exactly. of, when I played ball in high school, there was a lot of second-team guys that have the potential to start early on and whatnot. And having a coach focus on, you know, a guy like that is uh, is probably a good chance that he's going to get a, a good amount of playing time early on in his career at Florida State.
0: Yeah, he didn't come to sit the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, none of these guys came. And even the guys man. were going to sit the ball. You have to get what – when when Florida State has the culture that they're supposed to have, and what, the difference between Clemson, difference between Alabama, if, and, again, to quote my man, John Heron, um, a.k.a. Coach Hova, if, if the player can't help us beat Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, or Florida, we don't need to recruit their ass. And Thanks. what happens is those schools bring people in and the ones in the coach's job is to make sure that the backup are prepared to be able to replace as a guy who was a former starter. I never wanted to play 85 snaps in a game. That's what we average. That is a lot of snaps. Mm-hmm. I would like to play 55 to 60 because if I play 55 to 60, that means I get to go talk to the girls in the stands, take my shoulder pads off, just wear my jersey. And I'm out here
1: coaching. <laughs> I you, ta- you were talking to girls? You had that game? You had that game in you? Man, 2013 vibe. <laughs> trying to we hang in to... on the
2: sideline. I feel you, James. I <laughs> feel you.
0: For, we played Wake Forest one It was a noon game back when people actually went to noon games, and it wasn't seen as bad as it is now. I had my entire night planned.
1: I was about, about to say, the, were you planning I your t- night t- there? Yeah, oh, by the boy.
0: third quarter. I saw the girl that I liked. I told her what club we were going to. I had talked to my man, Big um, Marcus Farland, who coaches at um, Wacola. Um, I, I told him he was over. At, he was uh, he was at the Moon. I knew where he was sitting at. Yo, Big Mark. I, you know I need my VIP spots. I had that whole thing set up. <laughs> There's nothing that makes you feel bad. Or when we played Duke, we would play like now every game is on TV. But then like the Duke game would be on pay per view. Mm-hmm. And so there were no commercials. Ah. So you're playing a, a 12, 12 o'clock kickoff game in Durham, and like you're you're literally you're you're on the bus headed to the um, to the airport at like three thirty. So like because we whooped there we whooped there behind and there's no we we're trying everybody's trying to get the game over. So I mean <laughs> so those are the games you want. Like you want you if you don't, but if your 2s aren't prepared. You could get a lead, and then you're over there relaxed. The next thing you know, you got to play because the two didn't do their job. Mm-hmm. But again, that's how you cre- that's how you create a culture of winning. And I believe the last couple of years there was a couple of things that you could notice. And I think they're trying to go against that, but they've got to be consistent as a coaching staff with as a coaching staff and how they get on these guys, but also as a coaching staff and what they bring in and the expectations they have on these special jumps. Before it was a favoritism thing. And the goal was to get in the good graces of the coach. They don't have to worry about getting yelled or cursed out. Now you got to get guys who are ready to play and be excellent, just for excellence' sake. I need twos that are that are coming in to take the ones' job the right way, not giving it. That want to take the job. And I need ones who feel ain't I'm gonna help this guy because ain't no way this dude gonna, this seventeen this seventeen eighteen year old gonna come in here and take my spot. But I want him to be good for when I'm not playing. Mm-hmm. I can make sure I don't have to get back on the.
1: On the, defensive, yeah. on the defensive side, I kind of want to get y'all's points on if, uh, some guys that stood out a little bit, maybe looked a little bit better than last year's younger guys. I, I'm kind of noting a little bit on Xavier Peters. Me and Jeremiah were looking at some pictures from FSU Football's account that they just tweeted, and uh, I was talking to Jeremiah even earlier this week, I believe, saying how good he looks in shape and physical wise he, he could be a threat right. and I also saw in a little bit of the 11-11 of course no, no pads are on but he's quick, big boy uh, be interested to see how FSU uses him and also the youngest of them all, Akeem Dent uh, grabbing, it was against uh, probably uh, was a walk on quarterback but still he was having a nice day when I was there on Wednesday with uh, two back to back picks back there and we also got to notice too that uh, Jaden uh, uh, Lars Woodby was not out there on Wednesday in the right. secondary. Uh, he's went yeah, through the procedure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: saw his his dad was at the practice. I his saw his dad, dad
1: too.
0: Dad told me on Monday that he had surgery. Um, just a little, little labor. He'll be all right. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically cleared. Is he might not bang um, during uh, during the spring. I mean, I've had that surgery, so I mean, if the season were started, he could play. But right now, there's no need to, to rush it. But I like the – I like the um, – I like Peters. Um, I think Peters, from an explosive standpoint, is the guy that we're going to have to keep if we're going to keep him at end to be the guy who gets mm-hmm. after the passer, unless something like drastic changes with the other ends. I mean,
2: exactly. you, saw them,
0: you saw them use the three-down look on Monday and then went back to 4-3 on Wednesday. Um, we just don't have – we what well, what we missed on and which. Makes me scratch my head when it comes to recruiting in the 2019 class. With the defensive ends, we didn't go after, we didn't get the guys who were true pass rush specialists. We got some guys who would be really good three four defensive
2: Yeah,
0: I think Curtis
2: Fan is a perfect three four end.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we got guys like that. We just don't right. have. We don't have the Brian Burns, and we. I mean, we could have got Bogle, but Bogle wouldn't have been ready this year. Um, neither would um the other defensive end from Lakeland. Um uh I can't think that Florida signed. Um, um neither Summerall. One of them, yeah, Summerall, Summerall, neither one of them ready this season.
2: But yeah, it seems like we cooled on Summerall. Like majorly, like last spring we cooled on him.
0: Yeah, I think it also has something to do with his pops. Um his dad got in a little trouble. Um a little oh, really a little R. Kelly ish. Um,
2: <laughs> oh damn. Um, all no, right, man. dude. <laughs> uh, I and mean, we didn't need book- that stigma I <laughs> you. Know can you. <laughs> the book- yeah,
0: you can look at the booking report. Florida fans don't want to talk about that, though. Um, oh, no. But, you know, what we got, I think where we do have some, some very good opportunities is the li- is the youth and the linebacker core. So I Yo. think if we get these guys ready, if um, loach comes in prepared and, and if I have anything, if, like from what his dad Tweets and retweets. It looks like he's working out every yeah, day. Yeah, he's working. Him. Yeah. So, that hopefully
2: whole <laughs>
0: I think Briggs, I think that's really where the pressure has to come in. And if with the traditional hard,
1: he's
0: able to throw in different kinds of blitzes. So, let's look at this. So, they say we don't have hypothetically, we don't have any real pass rusher, but we've got four guys that can cause, or three guys that can cause a dose, and one person that's going to be in a one on one matchup. Now when you bring that guy, when you blitz that guy, you have one free person. That makes the quarterback have to get rid of the ball quicker. And what, what I did in my breakdowns last year, um, Harlan Barnett, I called it the house defense. It's like gambling, the house always wins. He's going right. to push you to throw the ball to a place that there isn't a high percentage. Like only certain quarterbacks should be able to make that throw. Last year we weren't able to get any pressure, so they just chunked it deep and our guys would beat deep. But if he can make people have to throw the check down to the sideline, we've got the DBs that could be able to out that can athletic somebody. But we've got to be able to throw in a a different type of blitz, a five or six man, six six man pass rush, and not and and get there, like not have people get blocked.
2: Right. Actually get a pressure. Exactly. And I think
0: Peters is Marvin Wilson. Marvin Wilson is 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 a is a
1: quick a, oh Marvin Wilson he's he's quick. it yeah is he's, he's more he was more athletic when I went to practices last year. He was more athletic than any of them, even if they were thirty pounds less than him. And, and I mean... Coop, Coop is
0: weird because Coop reminds me of Vince Wilfork. Vince Wilfork in ten plays will give you three amazing plays where he's unblockable. Then mm-hmm. he'll give you seven where he doesn't do anything, but you can't move him because he's so big. And the problem right. was it wasn't three plays in a row. See, if was three plays in a row, you can, you can game plan. But it's one play and he lows for four. And it's another one, and then like it completely disrupts the entire offense.
1: Mm, I saw Kando, too, right. and I thought he gained a little bit of size too. He's about the same size as uh, Janarius Robinson, which Generous J- Robinson's probably the biggest on the team and right. Alf, the physical. Yeah, none of those him.
2: guys have problems athletically. It's all technique with, J- especially Janarius Robinson.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, Daenerys has had that problem since high school.
2: And I think that's where a guy like Dennis Briggs could push Daenerys Robinson could push Kando. A guy like Xavier Peters as a 4-3 and even as a 3-4 pass rush could push both of those guys. And they need to be pushed as well.
0: Mm I agree. And going back to the secondary, one, shout out to Akeem Dent's mom. Like, she is... <laughs> so, I really- she is so
1: fine,
0: uh. but I just put that out there. But number two, <laughs> <in> is like, <laughs> actually, actually really athletic. Um, I, yeah. I like him. I can't wait to see Travis J. Um, oh,
2: Travis J. Please, the
0: person, the person who I think is going to really break out. Um, that everybody should. I, I said this last year. And it didn't happen, but I'm gonna go back and say uh, I think Oz um, um, is gonna be good. I think you know who they've got him at just makes sense. Now we have you know they have a linebacker who can actually maybe cover, and then hey, yeah, I and,
1: love that um, himself.
0: D-Jax, D-Jax was starting to get it toward the end of the season, so I'm hoping that steps forward. So again, that line, I think what really affected the team last year was lack of depth. And lack of consistency from the linebacker core. the linebacker core, with Snyder helping out from off the special teams, can improve um, dramatically, one you'll see Raymond Woody probably get more, more, um, more high fives than what he deserves. But you'll see like you, you'll you'll see this defense be completely different from um, an aggressive. And a nasty And it has to start off with, it has to start at Boyd. They've got to make people fear them in the first two to three games. Right. So that it sets the tone for that. Uh, actually, I guess the first five games. So it sets the tone up for when, we, when we go up to um, Death Valley.
1: Mm-hmm. I think Asante Samuel yeah. Jr. is going to be a, be a stud for Florida State this upcoming uh, Him and Hamza.
2: Isaiah Bowden.
1: Mm-hmm. I really like what Isaiah Bowden can bring with his
2: length on the outside and his awareness in terms of where he know the the ball, like it seems the ball is attracted to Isaiah Bowden based on what I've heard. Mm. So hopefully Isaiah Bowden gets over that. Hopefully that shoulder issue was just a little light, mm. and it won't become an issue for him throughout his career because that, Isaiah Bowden can play. Mm. And I think we have a lot of that secondary probably has the most potential on the team. But like James said, the key is the linebackers. If we get a guy like Jaleel McRae in, to push D Jacks, to push Leonard Warner, maybe take Leonard Warner's spot, get get Kalen Deloche in, push for push for that offside linebacker spot. We'll be in a good spot this season.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And Raymond Woody can clean up on the trail, like we know he can, based off a good season, based off good play from the linebackers.
1: Jay Z, do you want to go in a little bit over some of the uh the Junior Day stuff for tomorrow, since we're recording this on Friday, so Junior Day will officially begin tomorrow.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, well, today we had some recruiting news. Uh, Alex Honeybrook, graduate transfer from Wisconsin, calls the stir on Twitter today. Calls the to stir on social media. Huh? For
1: um, you think he'll fit? You <laughs> think he'll fit well with FSU's offense? You think he'll
2: um, I don't know if he necessarily has the arm to fit, but he most definitely has the experience to make the reads in his offense. He should be able to pick, pick up the offense pretty fast. Now, I don't know if he has the arm to make all the throws, because based on what I've seen from Wisconsin, we, uh, it's it's hit or miss with Horneybrook, and he doesn't have the best deep ball. But he is undefeated against Miami. Can't take that away from him. That's always good. And I think <laughs> and he's a graduate transfer. We can't depend on the NCAA to give us two waivers for tra- Travis and Rector.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
2: I mean, if, if well, this wants to come in, he can come in. This Rex, is
1: all for depth well, and the end Rex of it all.
0: Rector's walk. They took Rector's scholarship. He's walking on, I believe. So, Rector doesn't need a waiver. if I remember. Oh, Rector
2: doesn't need a waiver?
0: I think Rector is coming with assumption that he should be
2: Possibly receive a scholarship. Oh, okay. So, so um, if Roger, whatever. That's
0: fantastic. We, we, you know, there's some people who know I'm in the fifth quarter, which is kind of dope about that that little thing. But um, mm-hmm. I think um, what's this? How you say? It? I don't want to say I I'll you <laughs> somebody, name, but it's not Horny Brook, is it? Or the Yeah, horn Brook, Alex Horny, bro.
1: oh, it is, oh, Horny, Horny, horny. horny Brook. Yeah, yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh dear. It just makes oh, it a lot better. It makes it a lot better for you to say. You're gonna want to say <laughs> yeah, it more now.
0: Horny horny brook. um, I think he's coming with the understanding that he ain't being out no. he ain't being out black I'm so
1: just I thinking think more depth wise. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly.
0: Like, I have a guy who's played in a, a big game could if something did happen to Blackman, or you – again, I don't know if seeing five snaps, like, if we get somebody to come in and, and there's not that far of a drop, a drop off, we probably – because here, based on the first two things that I've seen in the spring practice, is that um, the other two guys don't really go a deep ball well uh, um mm-hmm. are, or at least not on point with, their, with the accuracy yet. So, they'll get better as the weeks progress, but it's just – I, I, I like, I feel, I will feel more comfortable. But the reason why I didn't, I've, I haven't written anything negative or I haven't bitched about the lack of quarterback depth like a lot of other people have, it's because I'm also not naive. If James. If anything happens to James Blackman, just this, this is no better than a seven-win team. If that. You know I mean, if James Trouble. Blackman is playing not, James Blackman's is playing, to the best of his ability, you can have a 10 to 11 win team. Now, nothing's there's this. I know our uh, part of G would kill me if I said this, but we ain't got nothing for Andrew Coulter and all. Uh, and my man up at Clemson and and, and, we Clemson and ball, the quarterback, what's her, what's her name? Trevor Lawrence?
2: What's like, her name? Uh, 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 yeah. Sunshine 2.0
0: amazing like, i don't think we have anything for them or what they have this year maybe in a year or two whenever he's gone yeah he, we
1: need yeah when he leaves we'll be good yeah so i mean <laughs> unless, they, again, unless they reload yeah.
0: well, well, well i mean he,
2: well clemson you know, only has a five star quarterback from cali coming in this cycle so yeah and he's
0: i <laughs> got <laughs> to hear my radio partner talk about him on, on uh, as a quarterback i've heard i've heard he's good but you know, yeah, had,
2: I, I I can't pronounce his last name, but I I can tell you he's legit. <laughs> I know that much.
0: I mean, they had Deshaun Watson, who was developed. Um, Trevor Lawrence came into a situation where they had some really good talent talent around well. him, Yeah, I just think I think yeah. it just shows you what why you can't miss on a quarterback. Uh, not that, miss necessarily, not bringing in a quarterback. It's just the quarterback development, having somebody having a contingency plan for afterwards is just very key. Clemson would have probably won, well, they would have played in the national championship if, um, if Kelly Bryant was still the quarterback. So, Trevor Lawrence was just a a piece of that, but if we had a better quarterback, if we had better quarterback play since 15, we'd be in the national championship. Like, you gotta think, what, what did Dabo do to us outside of this past year? Even with Jimbo half coaching, it took, was it fifteen? It took a terrible call on um. Yeah.
2: Freddie, Freddie Stevenson, terrible call. Yeah. To terrible point, call. To
0: be the, when when James Blackman played before James Blackman threw that interception when we were dropping in the end zone. If we would have scored, that have been a seven point game. It, it turned exactly. into a 21 turned into seven points. And it was a twenty one point swing. So don't get, I'm not saying that it was. It would have. We would have won, but the game would have looked a lot better. Now, Most we definitely. Last year was you can see where the team quit, and I don't believe they're that many points better than us. They are better, but just not that many points. But FFA, yeah, I'd agree with that, quarterback too. play, If we can get the quarterback play up to par, and we can get um, Kendall Browse to be what Jimbo was in 2013. See, what Jimbo was in 2013 before all that stuff happened with, with Candy was Jimbo was heartless. And Jimbo was cutthroat in 2013, and I really enjoyed that because I'm a bully. I like beating people by a lot of points if I have the opportunity. And exactly. we, just, uh, we just stopped doing that, and for whatever reason, um, let guys hang around that shouldn't have been able to hang around. But I, I think Browse has that cutthroat, if I can beat you by 70, I'm going to beat you by 70 mentality that's needed. Oh,
2: most mm-hmm.
1: Good. I now. definitely Sorry, think just said yeah, bit. Oh, little, you want to say? Okay. Yeah, I was just gonna say if you want to note a little bit on R.J. Proctor, the center.
2: Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, R.J. Proctor is definitely coming for the spring game on an official visit, and I definitely feel like FSU should land him. Um, especially with Ohio State getting a grad transfer, that's one of the schools R.J. was looking at. Texas got a grad transfer. Um, Brawn. Stole him away from Florida. That's the guy who Florida really wanted, and he went to Texas, and that's the school that R.J. Proctor was seriously considering. He went. He even went on an official visit to Texas. Mm. So, if all goes according to plan, R.J. Proctor should be starting against Boise State. To be honest, nice. um, and and he's a and he's a good guard from Virginia. He didn't start every single game at Virginia, but he's definitely good enough to where. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be shocked if he came to FSU and didn't start every single game considering health and all those other factors. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who else. We had Josh Griffiths on campus today, the, for, the former UFD commit. Um, well, the current UFD commit was committed to Florida for a while. Um, he's at IMG Academy. He ha- he's not the most athletic pass rusher. But he's very technically talented. He's quick. He's very quick off the edge. He knows how to use his hands. He has multiple moves already. So he was on campus today with his whole family. Should FSU should be a big player in his recruitment, a big player. I like us right now. He wants to He wants to take a lot of visits to Big Ten country. He wants to take some visits to Penn State, Michigan. Uh, he's probably going to take some SEC visits. But at the end of the day, if FSU does what they need to do, I like us to get him. And he'd be a good commit for um, multiple reasons. And it's just a guy you need, a, another guy from IMG Academy. Now, tomorrow is a junior day, huge day. Second junior day of the cycle so far. We wanted now a couple of commits. Jeff Sims, like James Coleman already told you guys, he's going to be there. Jacquez Robinson, current Bama commit, is going to be there. He's been blowing up this offseason. Um, look out for Lawrence Toa-Faley. He's he He's a stud running back. Has all the um, who's who. Four-star guy. Um, Florida State loves him. He Florida State um, was his dream school growing up. So anytime he's on campus and you have one of those dream school guys, maybe look for him to commit. We have some Miami recruits coming. Marcus Fleming. I love Marcus Fleming. He's a slot wide receiver. Put him on
0: IHOP.
2: Put him on IHOP. Put him on IHOP, yes, sir. Man, I I love... And and once again, Ron Dugans is doing a lot of work on these Miami wide receiver commits. Ron Dugans is working Brian Robinson, um, who's a top 100 player. Brian Robinson is a stud. Ron Dugans is working him, and he's working Marcus Fleming. They're both committed to Miami, and Ron Dugans wants to flip both of them. So, We'll see how um, that goes. A couple of south of Georgia guys who I really like, Jeremiah Johnson. He's, um, and these guys are, went to the same school that Tresman Marshall went to. So the, the um, linebacker we were in for last year, but he ended up signing with Georgia. These guys are from the same school. Jeremiah Johnson, he's like 6'7". He's, big, he's like 6'7", 220. Has really good film. Is a guy who you can throw it up to in the end zone. Very athletic. can pro- Will probably be a tight end at Florida State, but he's very athletic. And one of his teammates in 2021, Tyler Moorhead, he's going to be a blue-chip guy. He's going to be a guy who's going to be like a mid-four star. He's going to have offers from FSU, Bama, Florida, Georgia. He's one of those type of cats. Mm-hmm. And he's on commit watch because Florida State loves him, and he loves Florida State. And if Florida State offers Jeremiah Johnson – He's on commit watch as well, so some some South Georgia guys.
0: Uh, Jeremiah Johnson, that's the kid who has the, had the thing that go went viral with him dunking in the
2: game. I uh, but I think that was someone else.
0: Okay, I know
2: now, another time. Uh, the kid who went viral was Richie Leonard.
0: Okay,
2: that that that's the offensive lineman. Even though, but even though Richie Leonard isn't coming tomorrow, but he's coming for a spring practice later on this month. And any time Richie Leonard is on campus, I'd consider him to be on flip watch, just so you know. Mm-hmm. He loves FSU, um, and, I, and I really don't think he'd go to Kentucky over FSU. Kentucky's where he's currently committed. I don't think he'd go to Kentucky over FSU, especially now that we're pushing for him. Um, I know a lot of no fans want to know about the offensive line. A lot of offensive linemen are coming. We have... Um, Like um, James already told you, Bradley Ashmore, a Vanderbilt commit is coming up. Zane Herring, FSU's favorite offensive line prospect this year, seems like, especially in the fan base. Mm -hmm. Um, He's coming. So anytime Zane Herring is on campus, that's a commit watch. Um, Tate Johnson, an offensive lineman from South Georgia, he's coming. He's the guy FSU really likes. And, And if they offer him, they'd be right in the mix. Marlon Martinez from St. Thomas Aquinas. He's a stud offensive lineman. He's a four-star guy. Has offers from Florida, FSU, Miami, Alabama, Georgia. He's a stud. So it's good to get him on campus. Um, a couple of South Florida guys: jo- Jonathan Dennis, um, and Jose Mirabal. Both um already have FSU offers. Both are offensive guards at the next level. They should be um. Well, I don't know if they're at the top of the board, but I know that they're being very they're in consideration for FSU. I don't know how Randy Clements scores look right now, but Jonathan Dennis and Jose Mirabal probably are going to be top targets. But Randy Clemson is also targeting a lot of Texas kids. We'd probably have to have a very good season to get any of those Texas kids that Randy Clemens is targeting right now. He's sent out like ten offers to Texas offensive line prospects. Mm. So we'll see how that goes. But though those are those Texas kids, you're probably looking at them visiting during the summer, during the season, after the season at this point. Because Randy Clemens needs to work some in rows and coming from Texas to Tallahassee, that's a long trade. That's a long drive. Uh, Let's see. We have some UF commits coming. Morvin Joseph, a defensive end. He's really good. He's a four-star guy. Can come off the edge. Committed to UF while visiting FSU, so the door is open. Gervin Dexter, who is an absolute stud. He's a top 50 guy. He's like 6'7", 260, 270. He's been killing the offseason circuit. He's making it look easy out here. And he's the one FSU wants to flip. Quite simply, I mean, he's a baller, and FSU wants to flip him. Oh, let's see, someone else, a, a local guy like Amari Harvey, a twenty twenty one safety, FSU really loves him. He goes right to um, the school Amari Gaynor went to, right, the Florida State University High School. Child.
1: Uh, ch- child. Uh, child. Uh, yes. <laughs> Don't put that on my alma mater. Hey, right, now that's my alma mater too. What's going on here, no, T Wolves baby? No, Not on Florida State, no, yeah. No, no
0: I'm a, I'm a FSU. You, I'm high, FSU, you high FSU high, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, you FSU
2: high, yeah.
0: Those the guys that come from Florida High to play in Florida State tend to have really good careers. Just saying.
2: <laughs> oh really? <laughs> Did they do that? Yeah. Man, <laughs> really?
0: I, I don't. I don't. You got Brandon Jenkins. You got um um
1: some. Or you, some, you can just give Ronnie you know, Harris. Her- I mean, Ronnie Harrison went to <laughs> Alabama, but. You know, you know what was so funny about that that yeah, Ronnie that, Harrison that, was gonna stick. You know that Ronnie Harrison was gonna stick with wanting to go to Florida State if Pruitt was staying there, and so it would have been Ronnie Harrison and and you know, that's at least what Ronnie told me. Well,
0: a lot of the I grew up with his brother, and we're in a Facebook group, and like, he he used to annoy the hell out of us about Ronnie. He used to be like, "Little <laughs> brother gonna do this," because like he his recruitment really heated up. This time of his, you know, his going into a senior year, he was a North Carolina commit, um, if, if I remember right. correctly, and that's where he, was, he was until Bama came on strong, and and he was really wanting FSU to kind of get yep. up, but it was this guy from um, that 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 you know just a little little five star prospect by the name of Derwin James, that, you know, they, that essentially played the exact same position as him, and I remember telling my brother, I'm like, you got to do what's best for you. And, and his family not worry about FSU shit. If Bama recruited me, I would have went to Bama too. You know, he's amazing. He's with the Jaguars Bama. now, so he's doing good stuff. They just won't cut somebody because of him. Because that's how highly they think of Ronnie. Yep. If we could just keep Ronnie from um, walking out on tabs at strip clubs in London, um, you know, life would be a lot better. <laughs> He'd
2: be a good CD at the next level, huh? He, he he pulled some good potential for the Jags last year, though. Yeah. Night, uh, he's, he's gonna be I mean, here. y'all released Tayshawn hey Gibson. Ronnie's time to step up. Oh,
0: uh, yeah, we were sorry, but so everybody but Blake, but I, I <laughs> everybody was, but Blake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, Let's the see. reverse stuff seems to be going well. I mean, we mm-hmm. got the cool thing about this is the people that are committed are committed and recruiting, and there's a lot of buzz, and there's yeah it goes to show you that the what's being told by the coaches resonating with recruits in the 2020 and the 2021 classes. Now, it has to just register with the guys who are playing on the field, and they've just got to make plays. I firmly believe if we go into that Clemson game 4-1 four, four and one or undefeated, you'll see recruiting take off and we'll do something that we haven't quite done um, in the last two years with the early signing period, and we could have our class almost completely done in the early signing period, and then we can really hone in Focus. on four to five guys and make sure exactly. we get them and start getting a start on that 2021
1: class. Mm-hmm. But see. people have
0: to know that Tag is going to be here, and um, that's why I think it's Tag. important for all of us to tell the truth, not tell a story based upon not having access, which essentially makes me scratch my head that somebody would even admit that on a podcast, that we are going to say what we feel because we don't have access. No, tell the fucking truth about what you see and the direction the program is going into. It doesn't have to be positive, but you can't have all these recruits coming in on these junior days or on these off-Saturdays and not feel um, a good vibe of positivity about one of the things that Tagger has been able to do. And had a dad not, and this class would have been better, had a couple of dads not kind of really put their foot or, or stepped in place of the kid and forced their kid to go elsewhere. Not complaining, not going to Not gonna judge anybody off of this. But if you yeah. have Nick Cross or Sam Howell's fathers um, step back and let their kids make the decisions that they want to have, this would have possibly been a top 10 class.
2: Mm-hmm. And to a lesser extent, William Putnam's parents were kind of – making him open up his mind towards the end of the process as well because William Putnam wanted FSC, but his parents kind of convinced him that Clemson overall was a better fit. And as a parent, it's it's fair to do that. It's fair, especially, especially when um it seems as if there's chaos going on. But, you know, as James said with Cross's dad, that wasn't anything to do with the football team or how they looked or why they looked. As they did, that was really personal between Cross and his father. So, yeah, <laughs> we still signed one of the best DB class in the country, and Florida in this Florida State, we're always going to get DBs. Um, and we got in, a, in Kendall Dennis. That's another guy I want to point out who's visiting tomorrow. He's the guy who blew up, same school as Brendan Gantt, same exact same same backfield as Brendan Gantt. Mm-hmm. and Brandon Garrett probably t- really caped for him and when you turn on the film you see why this man has excellent ball skills, he's quick to the sideline, so he's the guy who has offers from FSU Miami uh, Florida, Georgia and he's and gotten all of these offers within like the last two weeks like in the past two weeks he's gotten all of his offers basically, he's a um, quick riser, he's going to be on the scene he's probably a four star guy Another South Florida guy, Keyshawn Washington, former Miami commit. He's coming. He likes FSU. Telly Lockett, another Telly Lockett connection right there with Keyshawn Washington. Chris Jones, an underrated defensive man out of Central Florida. has His film is good in terms of his pass rush, but you can see he's a little weak, and he doesn't have the best run defense, but as a pure pass rusher, He's excellent, and there was some video of him um, from the rivals camp the other day that really impressed me. He's really quick off the edge. Um, Jamarcus Johnson, he's been at FSU for every junior day it seems like for the past like two years. He's a South of Georgia guy. He's long. He's like six four to be a safety. Um, so have. he's all
1: commit watch we're giving we're, we can just have a whole recruiting pod i think we're going to give you just a whole recruiting podcast every week to recap some of these fsu fans you got it on Man, locked,
2: so. and, uh, and let's see Do is there anybody else i want to talk about a lot of 20 well one more 2020 guy who was a late ad antonio barber he's actually a tennessee commit and when you see a Tennessee commit for like a low three star receipt, like a low three star, you kind of get entry because Jeremy Pruitt is a, and Jeremy Pruitt has crafted a staff up there that is really good at early evaluations. Mm-hmm. So I I keep an eye on on Antonio Barber. I haven't watched any film or anything, but everybody's saying he's very shifty, he's very in and out. So we'll have to see how Antonio Barber resonates with the coaching staff mm-hmm. and. In terms of 2020, that's basically it. Levante Taylor's brother and a couple of his teammates were supposed to come, but they actually postponed their trip for later on in March. And if you don't know, Levante's brother, Levante Taylor's brother's name is Keontae Jenkins. He's the top cornerback in Virginia this cycle. Very, very um, good cornerback. Kind of has the same playing style as Levante Taylor. Kind of the same size, the same quickness. So he's definitely one to watch out for, but he won't visit until later this month. Now we have some 2021 guys who are visiting. The 2021 guys are basically stacked. I already p- pointed out Tyler Moorhead, Bryce Langston, a UF commit is coming. He's a five-star prospect in 2021. Um, he's a tear off the edge. His film is very good. He has a really good film, and he's a guy who FSC will love to flip a year from now or however long from now. And obviously, he's taking visits. So whenever they take visits, they're open. Another US 2021 commit, um, Travante Rucker, a wide receiver. He's a very good receiver. He's a four-star guy. I really like what he brings to the table in terms of his athletic ability and his size. He's like 6'1", almost 6'2", and he really knows how to use his size on film. For a 2021 guy, that's very impressive. So, FSU would love to flip him. Uh, let's see. We got um, and a couple of D-tackles from the 2021 class as well.
1: Uh, if I can get their names up. Yeah, bounce out a lot of the key guys so then we can get Coleman cuz this this is a busy man. Coleman, I know Coleman's got something to do. He's he's I think he's driving right now. Yeah, he <laughs> oh, yeah. is. Yeah, bounce uh, out a few a few key guys and then we can There's
2: like a, there's like one or two more 2021 guys. Let me get this list up right quick.
1: What's your what's your thoughts though to end it right now? Just your first initial thoughts uh Coleman on then of the first uh, two open practices to the public.
0: I mean, everybody looks good in shorts. If you look bad in shorts, then your team is trash. Um, so we want we we got that. <laughs> um, the main thing is is what I looked at is how guys what what spirit and what kind of pace the guys are, are having, and it looks it looked a lot more organized than it was the year before. Yeah, and I think that's been the main. The main thing on Taggart isn't—it it really isn't a critique on Tagger. It's all about what the look. It's all look. It look. They look bad. They look like this. They look like that. And what it looked like was guys knew where they were going, and they had good. They had intentions on making plays, or or the effort was there. It didn't always happen, but it was. And it's—we'll know more when I get some reports from how this how the first padded practice went. We'll know more next over the next couple weeks um, when we start seeing film release and and the coaches talk about it or we're able to talk to certain people about who stood out and what. But in without pads, the people who tend to look the best are defensive line, defensive line, and wide receivers because you can't touch them. Uh, You can't really put your hands on them like you can when you get full pads. So. The people who needed to look good, look good. And at times, there were some, some very bright spots in the one-on-ones that I saw. Um, one guy in particular that gets bashed a lot. With, I, I like I like, well, I like some of the stuff I saw out of Juan Williams. So when I'm looking at guys who people have um, said negative things about, like Juan Williams, Keith Gavin, um, even DJ, um, with some people suggest his attitude wasn't great. When I look at what, what these guys look like, the, the two practices that I went to, I really um and even Levante Taylor, like um the, the, the place where he's at right now, he seems to be in a much more comfortable spot. So if they got if these guys can over the course of fifteen practices put this stuff together, put on a good show and then really just use this momentum to, to do something, to show us all something that first week that that, first, that last weekend in August, Labor Day weekend, going into Labor Day weekend, then I think we'll have um, we'll have a fun season. Uh, two, two really lackluster and, bad, and pathetic seasons for FSU football, which most of us are not used to, um, have put the fan base in a in a bad spot, a very negative spot. I think we can tra- we can transform everything if we continue to stay focused.
1: What do you have, Jeremy? What's your take?
2: Well, I basically agree. Um, even the, even the little snippets we've been getting from the, um, the Chase program and now the first two days of practice, you can see there's more buy-in especially Stanford Sanders even did an interview where he said it's a, we, it feels different than last year and by, and by when a player says it feels different, to me that just says more players are buying in to what they're being told day in and day out mm-hmm. and that's the key As long as there is buy-in, that you're going to have the practices are going to run smoother. The coaching is going to be better because the players are reacting to the coaching in a more positive light. So as long as we have that, we're going to have good a good team. As long as the offensive line can progress under Randy Randy Clements, because that's really the key. Because Randy Clements needs to get the offensive line just average, even slightly below average, and Cam Akers can still get yards. Anthony Grant can still get yards. So that's really the key. And if, and if Cam Makers and Anthony Grant start eating, then the whole offense is going to open up. And we're going to be putting up 30, 40 points a game against this ACC competition hmm. and against Washington State. Hmm. So that's all we need. And then if we're doing that, recruiting is going to explode. Recruiting will be an afterthought. It's, it's going to be that crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. I think main focus for me after the practices and just heading into The summer and all that is focused on the coaching, uh, definitely with Kendall Browles being there, and even Taggart taking more of a CEO role. I know we're going to keep an eye on that and see how he's coaching a little bit different than last year, and also a big eye on Randy Clements and how that's going to flourish between some of these guys. The talent is there at Florida State, but it just seems like the past couple seasons, the coaching has not been able to uh, play a big effect in how these guys, because as as we know, this talent is up there with a lot of the big dogs like Clemson and Alabama It's just how it's being constructed behind the scenes and how it's being worked in games is not working out so well so my I'm all my eyes are on uh, those three coaches. I know Ron Dugans is gonna do his thing. he's got talent there for days. Uh, I just think the focus on these three coaches are uh definitely gonna be uh what I'll be w- watching for but uh I think I'll probably do it. I think we got an hour on here. Yeah, right on the right on the spot. So uh, James, as always, man, and Jeremiah, this is the first time coming on here, Jeremiah. Thank y'all for coming in. Man, I know you got a busy rest of your night. Uh, James, you got you got a radio show, right? Yeah, I got radio seven to ten tonight.
0: Ooh boy! Yeah, you guys tune in, tune
1: in, tune yeah, so, in. so he's what not you going. To, you still got time for the moon later if you drive over here. <laughs> nah, if, I, if I'm going anywhere,
0: if I go anywhere, I'm going down to
1: Miami. Uh, nope. <laughs> oh, now it's changed to Miami.
0: Yeah, I, got, I got to go hang out. I mean, I'm not going to the junior day. I don't, like I said, recruiting is something that I do do because I get some good intel. I just can't get into it like that. I'm, oh. not, I'm not as young as Jerry. If I was you guys' age, maybe, it wouldn't be as weird. But I'm like 35, 34, 35. And maybe <laughs> out to You'll just do it. Kind
1: of You'll just do it if you can get isn't ahead it, of. Is it isn't
0: Newberg around thirty thirty <laughs> Newberg, five? Newberg's older than me, and I love Josh, but Josh is a little weird anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> everybody, you know. But like I said, Newberg and me, me and me are the same man. I mean, that's what they've been doing. Everybody has their lane. I just, like I said, I, I don't really have common with these guys, besides unless I trained them. So, and
1: if I can, you'll I could, do like, it for I rivals. Say, you'll do it if it's to piss off rival fans.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. I, I will if it, if I yes I
1: will. I, nah, I, see I, there you I, go. I <laughs> yes, sir. That's when the focus so you starts know coming
0: How that back how that back scoop affected them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were really mad. Like that, they, that, they were that really even was, mad. That was funny. I'm like y'all mad. If, like I see the kid every day. Like I mean, like I promise you. Like, like and then what made it worse is that my partner, who is a Florida fan, when he came right. out, and told me the truth of the matter that Florida really wasn't even second. I didn't know that. If I'd have known that, it would have been out. It would have been even worse. (laughs) But but Stanford actually finished second. And Florida just, like I told Florida fans from Jump, before I knew about the Georgia offer, like Alabama was recruiting him again like like the girlfriend that you let slip away. And Mm. you thought she still had a chance. Like, I mean, I think they did everything but send flowers. I mean, Saban actually recruited this guy. Like, Saban don't recruit right. anyone. Okay, but I mean, Saban was sending the text messages and calling and pleading.
2: Mm. And then,
0: and then the Miami guys, oh, bless their hearts.
2: Text, see, they tried. knows Dan, tried. Danny. he? tried.
0: I, I've got texts. See, the problem is, is that's why I tell people I'm not a pet. I'm not as petty as people think I am, because I have the text messages and the um and the emails from from the, from the rival coaches, so I know. Mm-hmm. I know what was said, and I know what people think, and I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, don't let me – don't make me – these Miami guy fans who think they're big and bad. Don't make me post what your head coach was begging and what I see, like, if, by, by y'all being – I know – see, the difference is I know Manny. Manny was our – Manny was an assistant videographer at Florida State. People forget about those things. Um, mm-hmm. So, like
1: – Yeah, you got a little like, connect in there.
0: You know, right. it's not like – Manny is not a big badass – Mm -hmm. He he can be a good coach, though. I hope the best for him as long as they don't beat Florida State or win an ACC championship. I like being able to talk about
1: that. Well, I'll go and wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, everywhere it seems like nowadays. Uh, thank you guys so much. We've had a lot of listens the last couple of uh, episodes, so definitely welcome. We want to put out some more content, definitely having guests like James on a little bit more and give you all a little bit more uh, something to look forward to during the off season. You know, it's kind of dry, but, you know, being able to come on here and talk a little bit of recruiting with Jeremiah and all that kind of stuff uh, really will hopefully make it uh, through the off season together. But uh, thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll talk to you during the next episode.